Welcome to the Passion Business Podcast, the podcast for free spirits with a big idea who want to turn their passion into a business. I'm Anke Herman and I'm your host. My guest today is a messaging expert who works with brilliant business owners who are shaking things up but having trouble talking about it. She's the author of three books, including the newly updated Three Word Rebellion. She's the host of the Rebel Uprising podcast and the co-host of Dude, the dark side of online business. She's been featured in Fast Company, Entrepreneur and Inc. And she combines the tools of successful social movements with the qualitative research skills she earned in her communications PhD to help her clients craft their powerful captivating message. Welcome, Michelle Mazur. Hello and welcome, Michelle. I'm delighted to have you start your Monday with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. Now, let's just start off. Why don't you tell people where you're based and what's your business? Yeah, so I am based in Seattle, Washington, where it is windy and gray and a little rainy, a little bit of a spring winter storm I think we're having today. And I do brand messaging using my three word rebellion framework. So really what I do in my business is I take a very cohesive approach to messaging when I think about what do you need to say in order to get people who don't know you at all interested in your work? And then how do you move them? What do you need to say to get them into that sales conversation with you? And then what do you say in sales? So really taking this very holistic approach to messaging, thinking about the persuasion aspect while also thinking about how do you stand out in such a crowded marketplace? Mm, that's such important work, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, if you don't get that bit right, you don't have a business, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that because like what I see in the online space, especially is like all of these people who are just like using swipe files, looking at other people's messages and think like, oh, well, that's what I need to do. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you need to do if you want to blend in to be unseen, not to, if you don't want to get clients, then yeah, follow what every other person is doing out there. And you're going to sound exactly like every other person. And then people aren't going to know why they should hire you particularly. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny because I, you know, I think that's, that's why we connected so well, because that whole like follow my six step proven success formula is like my biggest pet peeve ever <laughs> for that reason, oh, yeah. right? Because if you don't do it your way, it means nothing. You know? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of what we see is like, oh, just follow my formula and then you'll have a business like me, except they don't realize that, well, you had all of this experience coming in and that's why that those steps worked for you. And I have a different kind of business or I have a different kind of service or offering and it might not work for me. So yeah, that's, uh, it's one of my big pet peeves too. I mean, <laughs> if you want to blend in and sound like everyone else and do what everyone else is doing, then, then follow the cookie cutter approaches. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I love, I love the passion that comes across there. So, yeah. <laughs> and now the big question I have is, my guess is when you left school, you didn't imagine if somebody went back in like, you know, like a little time travel and said, Michelle, do you know that you're going to write a book and you're going to, you know, <laughs> get really passionate about messaging and helping people stand out? You would have probably said, 
what would you have thought or said? Well, it's interesting because I didn't really ever leave school. <laughs> I'm, I'm a recovering academic. So I went from my undergrad to my master's to my PhD, all in communication. So I don't think past Michelle would have been so surprised that future Michelle was really into communication and helping people think about how to get a message across and how to persuade. I do think she would be surprised that I left academia and mm. decided to pursue my own business because when, you know, when you're an academic, like the dream is to get like the tenure track job, right? In a desirable location, because there are a lot of like tenure track jobs in rural Iowa that people can get. <laughs> But like I had the dream, like I got the tenure track position at the University of Hawaii, which is a beautiful place. And I was miserable. Hawaii's really isolating. It's, um, not a friendly place for a white girl to date. Mm -hmm. oh, that's <laughs> like, like a Polish girl from New York is not what the men in Hawaii were looking for, oh. which is fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> But it was that moment of um, I was at this point in my career where either I had to go up for tenure and then commit to living in Hawaii or leave. And I decided that it wasn't right for me. Like I didn't want to live in Hawaii. I didn't love academia. Like I love teaching. I love doing research. I didn't like all of the politics that went with it and the backstabbing and all, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in academia. And I was just like, no, kind of done with this. And then I decided, well, you know, I have all of these research skills. So I went into corporate doing market research and I'm really, really glad for that time because that time let me understand business mm. because I didn't really have any business training because there was a little voice in my head that was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you had your own business? And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. And that was at the point where we didn't have like online courses or online resources about how to build a business. Like you pretty much had to figure that out on your own, you know, or going down to like the Small Business Association and taking classes on building a business. And so I was like, no, I'll just get a job. It's fine. And I'm grateful. Like I didn't love corporate America either. I don't like people telling me what to do, <laughs> but it gave me the opportunity to really like understand the business side of things. And also just, um, that's when I started my blog and really I started this blog around public speaking and communication. And at first, It was a blog that would put you to sleep, like <laughs> boring, like Ambien had nothing on my blog. I mean, I'm an academic, we're taught to write in a very specific way. And then one day I wrote this really, really ranty blog post about how not to be a motivational speaker. And it was because I attended this event and this woman came up on stage and she made all of us stand up. And she says to us like, now clap. So we start clapping and she says, you have given me a standing ovation. Now I must earn it. And let me tell you, she never earned it, but I wrote this epic ranty blog post. It was the kind of post that you were afraid to like 
push publish on because it was pretty <laughs> edgy. And what happened was it's like I pushed publish and people started sharing it. And then someone found it and they were like, Michelle, I love this. I'm looking for a new public speaking coach. Could you help me? And I didn't have a business. I didn't have like packages. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a business model. I was just blogging. And I was like, yes, yes, I can. And that person ended up, he was speaking at former first lady Barbara Bush's Points of Light Foundation in front of the former first lady herself huge amounts of famous people. And that ended up being my first gig, um, helping someone with their message. That's so, that's so cool. Like, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? There was somebody actually on LinkedIn the other day put out a poll and said, well, how did you learn about business, right? And then it was like, you know, it, well, did you have training? Did you have a mentor? And it was like literally 80% of people said, well, I just kind of figured it out. <laughs> so yeah, I think, yeah, it's probably a bit easier now because when I started like 18 years ago, I didn't even know this stuff existed. You know, mm -hmm. you just kind of put one foot in front of the other, see what happens, right? Yeah. So, so you were basically, you stumbled into your own business by accident, almost. Yeah, pretty much. Kind of, like, kind of. <laughs> yeah, like I was, I was blogging and I was happy blogging, kind of putting my thoughts out into the world. And then that happened. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe I could actually earn money from this. Okay, so I mean, with that first gig, I mean, that would have been, I mean, especially with the results you got the person like, oh, you know, was that enough for you to think, hmm, I might be onto something there? Or was there a process or some, something, uh, something else that there gave you was, the shot? Like, but I had to figure out some things like, what were my packages? And how do I actually get people to know about me so they mm. want to work with me? Because it's like I lucked into that like first client and then I got another client shortly after that. But then I'm like, oh, wait, I actually don't know how to get clients into my business. So I stayed in corporate while like kind of doing my business as a side hustle for a good three years to figure all of that out because I just I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, because I think people often have this, and I guess it's almost fed a little bit like that misconception that people like, oh, my God, you know, I mean, so often people tell, you just moved to Spain and started, you well, well, wait, you know, it was a, a spontaneous idea, but not a stupid rash decision like I took two years as well I took classes and I kind of went and and I studied Spanish and so you know there was between having the idea was a spark but there was a bit of work yeah. involved to actually make it happen yeah yeah and well and I think that's one of the other narratives we get a lot in the online space it's like this overnight success it's like you can make six figures in less than six months and <laughs> you know and and we see these like success stories and a we not we never see the whole picture right of what's really behind the scenes what their actual experience is um, and it's it's always fascinating to me because it's like, oh, she's an overnight success. Yes, like 10, 15 years in the making. But we don't talk about that. We just kind of see the end results. And then we're like, oh, this person did it so quickly. And I'm like, that is never true. Yeah, that's so true. There's a, yeah, there's a quote that I found in a Forbes magazine in 2016 that basically says that. It's like every overnight success is just the market finally catching on to a brilliant product or service that's been 
struggling to survive with the owner stubbornly refusing to give up. <laughs> so I love it. You know, which is, I think, has been my experience and pretty much every guest I've ever had on the podcast. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, you know, it, and, and you will say, I think you really put the, the you know, the, the finger on the, on the pulse there. It depends on when you start counting, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, what is it? Because everybody, they, you know, the same with these programs that, yeah, yeah, you know, oh, I just sent out one email to my email list. And, you know, and I made, I made 50 grand in one launch. That can be true, totally. But what, how much time and effort did you put in in building that email list? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's also like what iteration of your business, right? Because I've had a couple iterations of this business from working with public speakers to going on to messaging. So if I was just going to count my time in messaging, it's like, oh, I got super successful really quickly because I had all of that, those years of experience doing public speaking coaching in under my belt and building out that business before I pivoted into messaging. That. Yeah, exactly. So now I'm curious, you know, what made you pivot and and how did the pivot go? Did you, how much was transferable? Yeah, well, a lot of it was transferable because what I was doing with speakers is I was always helping them like create the keynote speech. Like, what is the message? How are we positioning this in the marketplace? Um, what? How are you going to be marketing your speech? So yes, it was like, I never really worked in the delivery aspect of public speaking, which I think a lot of people think, oh, if you're a public speaking coach, it's all about the delivery. I was always about the message creation, like what is going to go in this keynote speech? How are you going to sell it? And the thing I realized it was, I think it was end of 2016, if I remember correctly, or maybe 2017, not, not really sure. Can't, can't quite remember, but I was um, just at this point where I felt like I was adding to the noise in the speaking industry. Like I didn't, like I was one Google search away from being replaced. And I also realized Mm. that I didn't love how the speaking industry treated speakers because, you know, it's, they don't value speakers. They don't want to pay speakers for their knowledge, their expertise, what it takes to actually create that speech and gain all of the knowledge that goes into it. They just think there's so many speakers out there that you don't actually have to pay for them. And they're right, but that doesn't make it right. Mm. And it was just, it was frustrating to see a lot of brilliant people that I know just go undervalued. And then at the same time, I was seeing like my clients were taking the speech that we create and then using it in a whole bunch of different ways. They would, I'd see it as like copy on their website. And I would see it as, you know, one person turned their speech into like a three-part video launch series. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Mm. And I'm like, I wonder if I could really help people communicate the value of what it is their business does and kind of instead of niching down like niching up and as i sat with that this is when i started having the idea for the three word rebellion and because what i noticed was that social movements which were on the rise during this time they were really good at 
encapsulating the change they wanted to create in a few words. So whether it was Black Lives Matter, the Me Too movement, Make America Great Again, it was a very sticky message that pointed in the direction they wanted things to move. And then I also realized, I'm like, oh, you know what? The entrepreneurs that I really love they do the exact same thing, whether mm -hmm. it's Mel Robbins in the five second rule or Simon Sinek and start with why or Tim Ferriss in the four hour work week. Each of those business owners had a message that just encapsulated what it is they do. And it wasn't a message for them. It was a message for their people. Once again, like pointing them in that direction of change. And I thought, well, that's, that's really like an interesting pattern. I was like, I wonder if I could take questions from social movement theory, have my clients free write on them and see if I could come up with like this core message. And I tried it out with a few clients. They did the free writing. I did some analysis and it was an easy process to really hone in on. It's like, okay, this is the message you want to be known for. This is what you want to be known for. And then once you have that core message, it's like, okay, how do we build out the other messages around that to like make an argument for your work to get people ready to work with you and so for me that was just so eye-opening to like have this realization about how mm -hmm. a how important it is like to have a core message that is meant for other people that communicates the change your business wants to create but then how persuasive it could be to use that message in order to really create this whole system of messaging that helps people become ready to work with you. Mm. Oh, it's fascinating because I'm listening to you and I'm like, you know, I've got the book, so I'm totally, you know, addicted mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's fascinating. And I'm just thinking, oh, the researcher in you is bound to love it, that you could actually distill it down into a process. Yeah, yeah. Because for me, it was, um, you know, like I have very strong research skills mm -hmm. that I really wasn't using in my business. I think I was using them, but not in a formal way. Because what I realized for myself, it's like, I look at somebody's free writing, you know, I look at the how they responded to like, what are what are you rebelling against? What's the change you want to create? What ticks you off, right? I'm looking at what they write. And to me, that's data. Like, I'm like, Ooh, what words are they using a lot? Like, what are the themes here? Are there any interesting turns of phrase that really make, make me curious to know more? So mm -hmm. I can put on that research hat and really comb through what they wrote in order to distill that message. Because I think messaging is one of those things that it's really hard for you to do on your own. I was just about to ask you. <laughs> yeah, like it's, you know, I hear this all the time. Like I even work with other people who do messaging. They will yeah. come to me and they're like, I can do this all day for other people. I can't do it for myself. Will you help me? And I'm like, sure, because we need better messaging out in the business world. Yeah, of that's course. so true. I yeah. think I really think it's true that other people, I mean, I, I think the thing is we always have a message, right? It just might not be the one we want, right? Because people yeah. perceive us in a certain way, you know, and, and it just might not be where we really want to go. But people yeah. have an opinion, like people do make, you know, I think they, yeah, so there is that, oh, tech monster, there she goes, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it, well, I don't, yeah, and it's yeah. it's definitely hard to do it for yourself. 
or yeah, even well, impossible. Yeah, well, it's like, like, I mean, I've had some people who've read the book and have been able to like develop their own three word rebellions, which is always amazing. Um, and then for other people, it is like, we're too close. For the most part, like your three word rebellion already exists. It is already in what you say. It's probably buried in 27 different places on your website. And you just, you can't see it because you, you with your expert hat on think, oh, well, that's not very important. But the person receiving the message is like, oh my gosh, that is everything to me. Like, yes. oh, that makes so much sense. So like when I'm able to kind of unearth those messages, it's like, oh yeah. Uh, you know, like I just can see it and then maybe clean it up a little bit and be like, oh, and here are your three words or two to five words technically, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, yeah. Do, do you have, do you have, what is, what's the most amazing example? Like what's the most, like the most out there example that, that, you know, where you think, well, there was, this is what was on their website and what we discovered was this. Can you give us just one little Oh, yeah, like I found someone's three word rebellion, like in their, <laughs> like on the footer of their website, like it was literally I was like going through their website, because we were really grinding to find it. And I'm like, well, what about this? And she's like, Oh, and then I also find them just kind of in conversation, because like, when I do this, yes, I have them do the free writing. And then that kind of gives us a jumping off point to just to discuss. And one of my clients, Michelle Evans, we were talking, I was like, well, what do you really want for your people? She's like, oh, well, I want them to profit without worry. And I'm like, uh, what did you just say? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really, that, that's really good. <laughs> because she was all about creating marketing funnels. And she started a podcast called the marketing funnel show. And no one wants to listen to a marketing funnels podcast. Let's be honest. Like, and so once we came up with her three word rebellion profit without worry, people are like, Oh, what is that? I want that. How do I do that? And she changed her show and her downloads quadrupled because she had such a tangible, interesting message. And I think that's the power of really dialing in to that message because all of a sudden people started responding and wanting to listen versus being like mm, marketing funnels feels like a chore yeah kind of it's like washing the dishes it kind of needs to be done but not really so so basically the the message is really what about other people's because i think when people hear that there might be a little bit that misconceptions or well that's how I help people it's not necessarily what I do to help people right no because I mean we have I mean I think the first thing we ever learn about positioning right in the marketplace is like I help x to do y so that they can z right like that is like the basic thing and you know what no one is ever going to remember that because mm -hmm. it is about how you help people whereas a good three-word rebellion makes people go Ooh, what does that mean and you know can you tell me more like i wonder what it means for me in my business so i had one client her name is carrie schwer and she is she helps people figure out like do they need to change their relationship with alcohol and this was like probably four or five years ago before this was kind of a thing in the coaching industry and so we came up with question the drink 
which was just like such a great mantra for her people who were going through the process to always remember like, okay, well, why am I taking this drink? And also for like a memorable message, like, oh, Carrie works with people to question the drink. And then it's like, oh, well, what does that mean? Like that is such a more interesting statement that then she can use in her messaging to really become known for question the drink instead of being like, I help you figure out if you should be sober or not. <laughs> that's that's so true, isn't it? It's yeah, it's it's that being memorable and and being known for something that um, yeah, yeah, and really having your message like be in the heads of other people. Like what I always found fascinating about like Simon Sinek's start with why it made you be like, oh, okay, I should start with my why. But then what is my why? How do I find my why? And as soon as we start thinking about ourselves, our message, that message is going to be way more memorable. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's about, yeah, that's <laughs> now I feel a lot of passion coming through there. And I think you can also take this in a lot of different ways. So I can't really imagine you'd ever get bored of this. No, it's always very interesting to me um, because I, I'm a multi-passionate person. And even though I have like deep expertise in messaging, communication, persuasion, I've worked with all different types of business owners because I really niched on this problem of like, you're doing something innovative, unique, and you can't talk about it. You can't make p other people excited as you are about the thing. And for me, it's just this, I get to learn about so many different types of businesses, whether I'm working with somebody who is helping people question the drink or profit without worry. I have worked with fitness studios. I've worked with attorneys. I have worked with a straw and obviously like coaches, consultants, and service providers, of course, but I get to work in very unique areas. And I love that because it just, it feeds my, uh, that I, it just feeds me. Like I always want to be learning. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think all the multi-passionate, <laughs> I guess there would be a few people listening to this because yeah, we're all in that same boat. Now I'm curious, do you find that it's harder to bring this, like to ground this airy-fairy, oh, this is what I do, into something tangible that other people go, oh, that's interesting. If it's, um, say, coaches or almost like the more invisible the service gets, does that get harder for you? Or do you think that doesn't really matter? I think the three-word rebellion is especially good for people who are working in the intangible. Like I just finished with a coach and she really works with high performers, like CEOs, actors, athletes. And her three word rebellion ended up being dare in the moment because she talks about like these moments of performance. And before, before she started talking about it, it was very like high level and people were, you know, talking about her work in different ways. But when we kind of zeroed in, it's like, oh, you're really coaching them to be prepared for that moment, like to dare in that moment, but then all the other moments that surround it. Like, what mm. are you doing? You know, the, she always says, what are you doing for the other 23 and a half hours of the day? So I think it's, it's really fun to work in the intangible because coaches often have a bunch of different perspectives and a different 
outcome. And I think they sell themselves short because I hear the, the message like, align with your purpose or live your purpose, live your <laughs> best life. And when you're talking about it in this very vague way, well, guess what? Like there are hundreds of other coaches also talking about living your purpose or live your best life or, you know, align with your values or whatever it is. Like, you know, like if you think about it as an ocean, you're all on a life raft together competing for the same space. But if you have something like dare in the moment or the five second rule, you've really carved out your own space. So it's really important, especially for people who are dealing in that kind of intangible space to get really clear and not to rely on the cliches of how everyone else in your industry talks about a thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the difference would probably be huge, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, you go from being I always say, you know, you can either be <laughs> a category of one or a category of many, right? And you always want to like carve out your own space in the market. And a lot of that has to do with how you communicate what it is you do. Like, you know, um, there is one, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's like the father of integrated marketing. And he basically says that anyone anywhere can copy what it is you do. The only thing that really makes you unique is how you communicate about it. Mm. And I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And I think, and that's the thing, it needs to speak to people. Because I mean, I work with, <laughs> with coaches and you get this a lot, you know, so, oh, you know, shine your light and be your best self. And, you know, so when you think, well, at the heart of it, yeah, yeah, I can kind of see how that would make a big impact in all other areas of life. But nobody gets up in the morning and says, like, hmm, I wonder how I can shine my light today, right? So well, and like- your clients aren't even saying those words, no. right? Like, you know, like with the example I gave about, you know, Darren, the moment, they are, her people were always thinking about the next performance moment, whether they were having to get up in front of their company and give a speech, or they are competing in some event, or they're giving a performance on stage, her people were always thinking about that moment, right? But if you're just like, shine your light, it's like, no one's like, no, who says that? Like, no one is going to come to you and be like, you know what, I really need to shine my light. No, <laughs> sorry. It's like, I love you coaches. Please don't be offended. I know you're doing the best you can. But I'm just kind of highlighting like why it's important to get specific and really make that message about what the change your people want instead of live your best life, shine your light, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, where are you shining your light next? Where, you know, where are you headed? What's what's coming up? What's yeah. on, the, on the road ahead of you? So, I mean, right now I am in like, so I just ran a big community project called the It Should Have Been Me project. So that has been wrapping up and that has been lovely because it's been about getting 20 business owners together at all levels of success and really talking about that messy middle that nobody talks mm. about. I love that. I, I'm on the list, but like messy middle, just so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that's, so I just wrapped that project. And now for me, I'm just... I'm really starting to think about, because the three word rebellion is 
an amazing tool and I love doing it, but I'm also thinking for my business, well, how could I actually create something a little bit more leveraged where I'm working with a small group of people to really get their message out into the world? Because what I know, what I know to be true is there are so many amazing business owners who are great at what they do. They are experts, but yet they are unseen. They are hiding in plain sight. And they get passed over for great opportunities by the people who are popular or have the connections and who are well known. So I'm like, how can I, you know, really get in there and help people get their message out, not to the masses, but to the people who really need their work? Mm, yeah, that, yeah, I, I, you know, well, I definitely think people could start with the book, you know? Yeah, can people, for sure. You know, where can people go find more about you? Where can they get the book? Where can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So you can always find out more about me on my website. It's drmichellemazur.com. I also, if you're interested in the three-word rebellion, you don't know if it's quite right for you. I've created a little mini audio workshop about finding your three-word rebellion. And that is at threewordrebellion.com. And if you want the book, it is available on Amazon, Book Depository, Bookshop.org, pretty much everywhere you can get books. You can get pick up a copy of the three word rebellion highly recommended highly recommended it's been giving me food for thought <laughs> since i picked it up so oh, thank you so much that was yeah full of full of gold full of insight full of tangible like you know thought provocations thank you so thank much you. for coming you're so welcome thank you for having me thank you thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe and leave a review to help others find it. If you are a coach, speaker or author, a passionate big picture thinker with a vision and you want to build an online business to reach and impact more people, go to passionbusinesspodcast.com and download a free copy of my book, Taming the Tech Monster. And join my free community, Don't Just Learn, Create, business building for mavericks to connect with others on the same path. That's passionbusinesspodcast.com. I'll speak to you soon.